0: Hi, y'all. This is Carrie D from Coffee with Carrie. Welcome to season two of Coffee with Carrie podcast. It's such a privilege to do this adventure we call homeschooling with you. Thank you for tuning in again and walking this homeschooling journey with us. If you're new to us, you can find us on Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. I think you'll be encouraged. Thanks for joining me today. I really think you're going to like our topic, No Fear, Shakespeare. You know, when I was a kid, I had absolutely no interest in anything theatrical. As a teen, my one and only theater role was Trash Can Tilly in our youth group's play. And to be honest with you, the only reason I got the part was because they needed one more person to be in the play. In high school, even though it was required reading I never read one Shakespeare play. I barely passed my English lit test. I barely passed because I read the cliff note versions of the Shakespeare plays. And then in college, I avoided like the plague any English course where the bard was required reading. Then my dear sweet daughter came along. Now she loved musicals and performing, and at a very young age, she loved all things Shakespeare. She certainly didn't get this for me or from my hubby. I think it was because every night she used to listen to Jim Weiss read aloud Shakespeare. We had every single one of his CDs, and his Shakespeare stories and *Midsummer's Night's Dream were her favorite. And as she grew, she just wanted to hear more and more of Shakespeare's plays and stories. So at bedtime or during our morning basket time, I would read adapted versions of some of her favorites, and then I would introduce her and myself, to be honest, to some of the less known plays like The Tempest and The Merchant of Venice. Then when she was in sixth grade, her musical theater company performed the musical All Shook Up, which is actually a spin off or a modern retelling of A Midsummer's Night's Dream. Well, my daughter got a kick out of that version. So it was no surprise, her sophomore year, when she and I were planning her studies, that she nonchalantly asked, Hey mom, since we homeschool and all, do I have to do a whole year of British lit? Well, considering my love-hate relationship for all things Charlotte Bronte and Jane Austen, my heart was silently leaping for joy as I calmly asked, uh, Why, honey? Well, my daughter then suggested, Well, you know how much I love Shakespeare. So I was thinking, instead of doing British Lit this year with a little bit of Shakespeare, can we do a whole year of Shakespeare with just a little bit of British Lit instead? Well, I love the idea. So we asked a few of her theater-loving friends if they would like to come over once a week to study and discuss Shakespeare with us. Not surprisingly, every single one of her homeschooling girlfriends who were in theater with her all said yes. So every Monday throughout my daughter's sophomore year, her friends and I gathered in my front room of our home to read, discuss, memorize, watch, and act out Shakespeare. To this day, this is by far one of my favorite years of homeschooling. Now, even though this was Francesca's first and only official Shakespeare class, she and I, and my son, had been playing around with the bard and his words for several years. So you might be thinking, There's no way I can teach Shakespeare to my kids. Or there's no way my kids will enjoy learning about Shakespeare and his plays. I don't understand them. How in the world will my little guys get it? Well, you will be amazed at how much your kiddos will pick up and understand when you read Shakespeare to them, or when they listen to Shakespeare plays on Audible. Have no fear. It's not only doable, But it's quite fun to add a little Shakespeare to your homeschooling. Now, before you start reading any Shakespearean plays, I do suggest you do a few things first. First, get your hands on the book, How to Teach Your Children Shakespeare by Ken Ludwig. This book is a great resource. It's a must-have for moms who want to encourage their kids to have fun learning Shakespeare. The author even includes handouts that you can print out when you read different plays. Second, learn a little bit about the Bard himself and about the Globe Theater. There are some really cute picture books out there about Shakespeare, his life, and his works. Did you know that no one really knows what day Shakespeare was born? They know that the year was 1564, but they don't know his actual birth date. His birthday, however, is celebrated in April on the day that he died, which is April 23rd. Then, learn a little bit about the Globe Theater, too. It was where most of Shakespeare's plays were performed by Shakespeare himself and the Lord Chamberlain's men. For fun one year, my son and his friend made a model of the Globe Theater out of a three-tiered cake. They decorated it and labeled it and then cut out a cross section of it to show the different levels of the theater. That was a really fun and delicious project. Then have a little fun learning about Old English during the Elizabethan era, and about all the cliches, puns, and words used in Shakespeare's plays. One of my writing students once told me, Mrs. D, Shakespeare takes a perfectly good sentence and messes it all up. Well, I had to laugh, So when I explained to him that Old English is really just Yoda talk, he got it. You see, in modern English, our language pattern or the order is subject, verb, object. For example, I love Shakespeare. It's the subject, the verb, and the object. But during Shakespeare's time, Old English had a different pattern or order. It was actually object, subject, verb. So my example, I love Shakespeare, would sound like Shakespeare I love. So you see, it's Yoda talk. Then, when you go and replace all of the y'alls with ye, and all the yous with thou, and all the yours with thy, you now have Shakespearean language. What is thy brand, ye coffee I love? It I drinketh each morn. There you go. That's me talking Shakespeare about my favorite coffee. The journalist and the author Bernard Levine once famously wrote, If you cannot understand my argument and declare it, it's Greek to me, you're quoting Shakespeare. If you've been tongue-tied, hoodwinked, or even in a pickle, or if you've knitted your brows, made a virtue of necessity, insisted on fair play, Slept not a wink, stood on ceremony, laughed yourself into stitches, had short shrift, cold comfort, or too much of a good thing. If you've seen better days, or lived in a fool's paradise, if you think it's high time and that it's the long and short of it, if you believe that the game is up and that the truth will out even if it involves your own flesh and blood, if you think I'm an eyesore, a laughing stock the devil incarnate, a stony-hearted villain, bloody-minded, or a blinking idiot, then by Jove, oh Lord, tut-tut, for goodness sakes, you are quoting Shakespeare. Did you know that Shakespeare invented all of those sayings? Shakespeare had a habit of inventing words, too. If he couldn't find the right word, well, he just made one up. Here are some of my favorite words invented by the bard. Bloody, dwindle, eventful, gnarled, lackluster, dauntless, and bandit. Yes, all invented by William Shakespeare. So you see, Will's words aren't gibberish. They're quite fun to say and to learn about. Now, a fun way to introduce Shakespearean language to your kids is to read the picture book. Okay, hold on. The title is hard to pronounce. "Flibber Gibbety Words by Donna Guthrie. It's a cute little story about young William Shakespeare and his chase for the perfect words. Now, another reason Shakespeare can be hard to understand is because Shakespeare loved to use puns in paradoxical language. Now, a pun is just a play on words. Just consider them really bad grandpa jokes. Shakespeare would use words that had multiple meanings, and he would purposely use them incorrectly to make a point in a scene or to insert some humor or to insult someone. An example of a pun would be, I was too poor to pay attention in school. This is a fun play on the word pay. Shakespeare used a lot of puns in his plays, so if you don't know the original meaning of some of the words, the puns can be lost on the reader. So for fun, learn about puns and make up a few. Read the cute little picture book called Have a Little Pun, An Illustrated Play on Words by Frida Clements. Learning about puns will help you and your kiddos enjoy the text of the different Shakespearean plays. Okay, so now that you've introduced the bard and his quirky way of speaking to your kiddos, how in the world can you actually teach Shakespearean plays so that you and your kids will not only understand them, but will actually enjoy them? Well, There are five simple steps. You might think they're out of order too, but they're not. Step one, introduce the play with an engaging retelling. Yep, tell them what's going to happen in the story, including the ending first. Step two, memorize some lines. Yep, that's right. Memorize to be or not to be. Step three, watch the play. Yep, that's right. Watch it before you read it. Step four, listen to the play. Yep, it should be read aloud or heard. And finally, step five, play the play. Yep, act it out. So let's tackle each step one by one. So step one is introduce the play with an engaging retelling. The first step is to basically give a Cliff Notes version of the play. When the plot and the storyline are known beforehand, then your attention is free to enjoy the details with having, without having to keep track of who's who. And Shakespeare usually had a lot of different characters in each play. If you're using the book I suggested, How to Teach Your Children Shakespeare by Ken Ludwig, he includes some very simple and engaging play summaries you can share with your kiddos before you start to read one. We also liked watching video SparkNote cartoon summaries of Shakespeare's plays. And for high schoolers, Schmoops, three-minute-or-less animated summaries are pretty funny and accurate, too. So your first step is to just give a short summary of the play before you read it. Step two is memorize some lines. Familiarity breeds affection, not contempt. Ken Ludwig, author of How to Teach Your Children Shakespeare, once wrote, Having thought about Shakespeare for most of my life, I've concluded that the best way to learn about his plays, his language, his themes, and his stories with any real depth and integrity is to memorize a few passages from his plays so that you have them at your fingertips. In the book, How to Teach Your Children Shakespeare, there are 25 suggestions of lines and passages that you and the kids can memorize. Now, to help my kids familiarize themselves with the play before we read it, we started memorizing a few famous quotes or passages from the play. You can also use the famous quote or the passage as your copywork. Writing, rewriting, reading, and rereading a quote is also a great way to memorize it. For fun, we would also practice reading the quote and reciting the parts we've memorized in a very over-the-top, outlandish, Shakespearean fashion. You know, extremely exaggerated, even with some funny British accents. Then once we started reading the play, we kept working on memorizing our quote or our passages until they were completely memorized. Then step three is to watch the play. That's right watch it before you read it. Shakespeare was meant to be seen. Now, we love to watch multiple versions of a Shakespeare's play to see how different directors and actors put completely different spins on them. But that's the beauty of Shakespeare. Now, a word of advice, always preview the movies that you might watch as a family. Watch the movie options beforehand and try to find the ones that would be a good fit for you and your family you're usually pretty safe with anything produced before the 1970s. Now, don't forget about modern versions of Shakespearean plays, too. West Side Story is really just Romeo and Juliet set in the 1950s. The Lion King is an animated animal cartoon version of Hamlet. The movie Ten Things I Hate About You is a modern version of Taming of the Shrew. And like I mentioned earlier, the musical All Shook Up is a modern twist on A Midsummer's Night's Dream. Now, when things start opening up again, look around and check for live productions of Shakespearean plays. Here in Southern California, we love going to a production sponsored by a theater company called Shakespeareans. In normal years, you can find at least one or two Shakespearean plays being performed at local theaters. Now, once you watch a version of it, Then move on to step four, which is to finally read and listen to the play. Even though Shakespeare wrote his plays to be performed, there's still great value in reading his plays. There are tons of beautifully illustrated, abridged and unabridged versions of Shakespeare's plays. Now for high schoolers, I love the no fear Shakespeare versions. On one side of the page is Shakespeare's original language and the original text, and then on the opposite page is a modern translation. This way, the students can read and see the beauty of the language on one side, and the parts that they don't understand because of the vocabulary or the syntax are easily understood on the other page in the modern version. My favorite way to read Shakespeare with middle schoolers is to give each student his or her own, own paperback of the play and then listen to it on an audiobook version while they follow along. Hearing someone who knows how the lines should be read and how the words should be pronounced really helps with comprehension and with appreciation. Now middle schoolers, high schoolers, and comic lovers love the graphic novel versions of Shakespeare's plays. Classical Comics offer Shakespeare graphic novels for older kids in three versions, original text, plain text, and quick text. If your child loves superhero stories and contemporary comics, they will love these illustrated retellings of Shakespeare's plays. Now, for the young and the young at heart, there are tons of great picture books. The classic book, Tales from Shakespeare, Written by Charles and Mary Lamb in 1807, is one of my favorites. You can also download a free audiobook version of it. We also love the fantastic Shakespeare Stories Box Set, retold by Andrew Matthews and illustrated by Tony Ross. These 16 paperback books are perfect to use to introduce your young kids to Shakespeare. The beginning of each book introduces the characters in the story along with some illustrations. Your child will be able to identify the good guys and the bad guys as you read along. The plots are written in simple language, and the illustrations are fun to look at. My daughter recommends Edith Nesbitt's Beautiful Stories from Shakespeare, which also has a free audio version, and Usborne's Illustrated Stories from Shakespeare is another favorite. In the picture books, Bravo, Mr. William Shakespeare, and Mr. William Shakespeare's plays, Marsha Williams brings 14 of Shakespeare's plays to life for younger children with beautiful illustrations as well. And for your Lego lovers in the family, get your hands on Brick Shakespeare, Four Tragedies and Four Comedies by John McMahon. It's a must. (laughs) It's written in simple prose, and the illustrations are made of Lego pieces. Now, my kids and I love Jim Weiss's audio CDs. His retelling of Shakespeare's A Midsummer's Night Dream and The Taming of the Shrew are family favorites. My daughter in particular would listen to his CDs every night at bedtime. And then finally, step five is to act out the play, or at least act out favorite or famous scenes. Of course, the best way to engage with Shakespeare is to perform it. There are several ways to do this, even when you're not a drama person. The One-Act Plays for Kids by the company Playing with Plays has over 15 different one-act Shakespearean plays from Hamlet to King Lear to Macbeth and the Tempest. Our favorite was Shakespeare's Taming of the Shrew for Kids, three short, melodramatic plays for three group size by the company Playing with Plays. I believe it was volume seven. Another fun thing to do is to have a box of props nearby with simple things like hats, swords, instruments, glasses, party supplies, fake or play food, and girl and guy accessories. Then, as they read the different lines from the one-act play, they grab props that go along with the scene or something that adds an element of humor to the characters. And don't worry if you don't have enough kids for each scene. It's actually more fun when just a few kids act out several characters in the same scene. It causes them to change their voices and facial expressions to match the characters that they're playing. And for your Lego lovers, they can build different miniature scenes and settings out of Legos for the different plays that you're reading. In our homeschool co-op Lego class, one year our teacher showed the students how to make stop-action videos with their Lego pieces. It was a hoot to see them act out famous scenes with their Lego pieces, and then make stop-action videos of it. By the time we got to step five, we were ready to recite all the quotes, passages, or soliloquies that we memorized. After the kids heard others retell the stories in audiobook form, and they watched movie versions and YouTube videos of the stories and listened to me read the plays, they had their own interpretation of how their memorized lines should be recited and acted out. It was always a hoot to watch. I especially loved watching my daughter and her friends wring their hands and act out in a melodramatic way the three witches' lines double double toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble from Macbeth. Now you know, I love games, and any time I can use games to help my kiddos learn something or to help them appreciate a topic, I bring them in. Two of our favorite Shakespeare board games were the Plays the Thing by Talacore, and Do You Know Shakespeare Game by Simply Fun. The best part of these two games is you don't need to know a thing about Shakespeare or a thing about any of his plays in order to play the games. The questions are written in such a way that as you try to answer them, you're actually learning about Shakespeare and his most popular plays and characters. After playing these games several times, you will feel like a Shakespearean expert. Another fun thing to do is check out all the great online Shakespeare insult generators. Now, of course, we never want siblings to call each other names, but it is kind of funny when they use lines from Shakespeare's plays when they're trying to needle their siblings. I may have heard once or twice over the years, what you egg, young fry of treachery, or you're such a jolthead. That one was an inside joke in our family. We also made up a few Shakespeare games over the years. We made up our own version of headbands, but with Shakespeare characters. After we read, listened, and watched the Shakespeare play, I would write the names of the main characters of the play on different index cards. Then I would tape the index cards to the back of my kids, or my students if it was one of my co-op classes. Then we would walk around asking each other yes or no questions to try and figure out which character was taped on our back. We also played Shakespeare charades after reading, listening, and watching a few Shakespearean plays. I would write several things on index cards like character names, setting places, different props that were used, favorite scenes, and then I'd fold them up and put them in a basket. For example, if we just finished reading Romeo and Juliet, some of those charade cards might be friar, wedding ring, poison, and the quote, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? And then we would take turns trying to act out the words or scenes on the cards until everyone figured them out. Now, my personal favorite was our Shakespeare Jeopardy game. The different categories would be four or five different Shakespeare plays that we had already read. I would create five trivia games about each play in varying difficulty. That was a lot of fun because the younger kids could answer the 100 and $200 questions, while the older kids could answer the harder $500 questions. We also played in teams, too, so that the younger kids were also with the older kids. And one more suggestion if you like to do hands-on projects. Get your hands on the book, Shakespeare for Kids, His Life and Times, 21 Activities, by Colleen Ageson. In this lively biography and activity book, your kids will learn about William Shakespeare and about life during the Elizabethan era on a whole new level. It has activities with staging, sword play, juggling, making a quill pen to write a story, building a simple book by hand, creating a fragrant ball, baking a dish of stewed apples, and even creating authentic costumes like a ruffled shirt or a lady's lace trim glove. It's a great resource if you're a family who likes to do projects. So if you're looking for something new to do this semester, or you want to kick your reading aloud and literature studies up a notch, or you finally want to bite the bullet and add some Shakespeare into your morning time basket, it really is possible to read Shakespeare in a fun and engaging way. So remember, play around with Shakespeare's cliches in Old English. Learn a little bit about Shakespeare's life and time. Once a month, pick a play to explore, read, watch, listen to, and act out and then play some fun games to review all that you've learned. I will wait with bated breath to hear how thy Shakespeare studies transpire. God keep thee and give thee good morrow. Adieu, adieu, adieu. Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining me for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, Coffeewithcarry.org. While you're there, make sure you subscribe to our Coffee with Carrie newsletter we will be sharing some exciting news about our annual special weekend for homeschooling moms. Don't miss the announcement, so subscribe to Coffee with Carrie. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consulting. As we begin the second half of our school year, may we humbly suggest you buy a copy of my new book, Just Breathe, and take a sip of coffee, Homeschool in Step with God. Just Breathe will truly help you rest in the Lord focus on what's important, and simplify your homeschooling. If you heard something you liked, then share our podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week, or share it with a friend who's looking for a different approach to homeschooling in 2021. If you haven't already, we would love for you to subscribe to Coffee with Carrie podcast, and then take a few minutes to give us a rating and leave a little review. Thank you in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, our book, and our homeschool mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and our new book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. And see you next week.